0: You ready? You're listening to The Real Pineapple Podcast Network. great week or weekend whenever you're checking this out hope you've got your holiday cookies and your hot chocolate your beer your wine whatever you like to drink i hope you're all doing well i have a review for a holiday classic and yes uh for the purposes of this review it is a christmas movie god damn it i'm reviewing die hard hell yeah long overdue uh which of course is directed by uh, john Mac- uh, mcturnan so, okay, one thing I really like about, let me backtrack a little bit, one thing I actually love about doing this podcast is I get to introduce my partner to stuff that she hasn't seen before, and when I was talking to her about, hey, I'm going to do a, you know 12 days of holiday uh, holiday reviews, and I threw out Die Hard, she was like, oh, I've never seen Die Hard, and I, I can't... <laughs> I wish I was on camera so I could replicate my face but I was like what the fuck how have you never seen Die Hard and so we watched it yesterday and I was so happy that she dug it means uh, means that we can stay together but <laughs> but also it, it's so cool to see someone watch a movie that you dig and then they dig it in real time that that's one of the things about film that I just I I fucking love and it really does make me happy and so this is a movie I watch every holiday but you know between lockdown a few years ago and everything she just hadn't seen it so I was really excited to, to 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 show her this and she dug it so again you know we can stay together um this film means so much to me as a nerd just because this is one of those first movies I remember watching as a kid I think I would have been God, I would have been like five the first time I saw this because I saw um I saw Die Hard, Silence of the Lambs, and Terminator 2 Judgment Day like all within I want to say like all within 18 months of each other like that was those three movies mean so much to me and it was so mind-blowing to see what film can do and Going back and rewatching this, yes, I understand that you know they th- the films get less believable as they go on, but uh, I still I fucks with uh, Live Free or Die Hard. I think Live Free or Die Hard is actually underrated as hell, and Oliphant as a villain is perfect in that fucking movie. Uh, a Good Day to Die Hard is not good. There's no reason to watch it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you say about a series of films where films one through four all fucking work? I mean, that's fucking rare. But this is still obviously the the crown jewel. So jumping in here, Bruce Willis, um, of, of course, plays uh, Detective John McClane. You know Bruce Willis from so much shit. Moonrise Kingdom, Pulp Fiction, uh, Looper, uh, of course, Die Hard. Um, oh, my gosh. uh what god what a whole nine yards an underrated as fuck comedy if you have not seen uh if you have not seen uh the whole nine yards don't watch the sequel it's not great you know but even stuff like planet terror or uh um or grindhouse i mean sin city the motherfuckers made a lot of great a lot of great shit um they just added um oh my god they just added moonlighting to Hulu, which if you haven't seen Moonlining, highly recommend you check that out as well. But I love the setup for this movie that we have this New York cop coming to California, attempting to salvage his uh, his marriage uh, to uh, Honey uh, Holly Janeiro, who of course is played by uh, Bonnie uh, Bedelia. I so <laughs> one thing I really i i love about this movie especially re-watching it in 2023 is the fact that watching it with my partner we're both big fans of brooklyn 99 uh rest in peace andre brower uh, uh brower by the way but she uh, uh my partner had we've seen so much of brooklyn and so for her to finally get so many of the die hard references <laughs> that jake is constantly making uh <laughs> it made her laugh it actually made her like the movie more she's like oh that's why this is okay i got it but uh john mcclain comes to new york trying to go ahead and salvage his marriage um and he ends up getting in, in a limo with uh with this limo driver but uh, he meets this limo driver argyle who's played by uh i'm gonna butcher this uh devereau white who you know most likely from uh, places in my heart or places in the heart trespass i remember uh because i'm old uh him on head in the class that that's that's where my brain on went but i love the tone that the movie sets uh immediately the fact that john knows that he fucked up like he knows he fucked up and the way that Argo just breaks his ass down, like, oh, so what, you know, you're, you're based in New York, your wife's out in California, what the fuck happened here, there? And the way he's able to connect the dots, I don't know if y'all take, you know, take cabs or take Ubers often, I take Ubers quite a bit, because I'm, you know, usually going to see shit, but, uh, you know, you have these conversations with your driver, and, you know, sometimes you don't, sometimes you just want (laughs) to do what I do, just sit there and just be like, shh, but, I really dig the camaraderie that they have, even for the short amount of time. And, and for being a limo driver, he's, he's fucking cool too. He, he even makes the, just ask John point blank, like, oh, we are staying a night champ. And, you know, McLean's not really sure because things aren't super solidified with him and his wife at the current moment. So, you know, he tells him like, Hey man, I'll go ahead and I'll loop around you know I'll hang out give me a call let me know what you want to do like that's a great limo driver like he he really does give a shit in a way that I was like that's really fucking cool I I I appreciate that they're showing that there's a little that there's camaraderie between the two of them so of course McLean goes ahead and goes up to the uh, goes to the front desk to go ahead and figure out where the hell he's supposed to go and this is where the movie, again, continues to really set such a solid foundation, where he goes ahead and he looks for, you know, Holly, Holly McLean in the directory, because uh, that's what the person tells him, you know, just type in the person in the directory, boom, they'll tell you where to go. And so he searches for Holly McLean, doesn't see her name, and that's how John figures out that she's gone back to her maiden name, and you're just like, oh. Oh, that's fucking brutal! And it's, again, it's these little things that you see that just set in the foundation, setting the table for the wonderful buffet of violence that we are going to go ahead and behold. So that is one thing I will say too. This movie came out in '88, so a year after I was born. Oh God, I'm old. But what I appreciate about this is how unabashedly '80s uh, '80s it is. There, there's there's a point where you know you see people like people are doing coke like they're in wwf like it <laughs> it's crazy the amount of coke that you see. seen it's done so leisurely too which was the other thing i was like oh that's yeah i mean 80s that that makes that makes sense but also the scale of of uh of nakatomi plaza is something that even for the '80s, I think they do a really great job of scaling. And I love a good bottle film where it's just one location. And yeah, I mean, you see like a like a gas station and you know outside the plaza and a few other things, but it really is condensed to this one space, and it really makes it feel. And I mean, it's a compliment, like a video game. It's very similar to those Mortal Kombat games where, you know, you have to go up the tower. Like, I I, literally and figuratively, I I absolutely love the way that they set the table. So, of course, we have our terrorists, uh, who are are led by, rest in peace, King, the brilliant, and I mean the brilliant, Alan Rickman. Um, So, here's the thing about Alan Rickman, and I was talking about this with... uh, with my uh film uh my cinema nerd friends you could really argue that between this dogma the harry potters and galaxy quest rickman i mean that's that should be two oscar nominations minimum because i i don't know if y'all have watched dogma recently um he's the best thing about dogma he's fucking incredible in dogma, uh, so are Affleck and Damon too. Like they're amazing in that shit. Galaxy Quest—he flat out steals the movie. I, I know that, you know, it's Tim Allen's movie. It's not. It's Alan Rickman's movie. And in here, what I love about the juxtaposition between Hans and John is that it's it's all done over radio, and the actual intensity of this—the way that. Uh, the way that they flat out shoot someone point blank within about a minute of being from the plaza, you're like, wow, okay, this is, that's really fucked up. Like, But again, it shows that no one is safe, which is something I love that they went ahead and established that boundary from jump. But it really does also put in the fact, it really establishes the fact that no one is safe. As far as these hostages are concerned which is really what terrorists should do you should never feel safe in the room with terrorists and something that i really dig uh and they do this pretty early on is the way they set up the pieces on the chessboard you get john inside the plaza at the party and to backtrack a little bit i really love the argument That him and holly have because it's it's very much a argument you would have with someone that you're trying to go ahead and work through shit with and the thing is holly's not wrong um and and john even acknowledges as much uh later on the film that he should have been more supportive that uh one of the lines of the movie and maybe the best delivered line in the whole film is when John goes, you know, she uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he goes, I would always tell her, um, I would always tell her that I was sorry, but I never told her I loved her. And you just go, huh. And that difference. And I, I think we all can acknowledge, like if you see, you know, if you, if, 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 if a loved one passes or a, a loved one of a friend or what have you, it, it's almost like a reset as far as how you approach your inner circle, you approach your friends, your colleagues, etc. And really early on when the terrorists take over the plaza, uh, the first thing that John does is really look to see where Holly is before he hides and you just go, okay, that like that's his priority. she's his priority. And it really does this whole situation acts as, a priority reset for john and for holly and so it's a really fascinating character study between the two of them as far as how they eventually get to some sort of reconciliation at the end of the film i haven't mentioned him yet and i need to because he's fucking wonderful i need to shout out sergeant uh, al powell who's played by reginald uh, vel johnson who of course you know most likely, is Carl Winslow from Family Matters, but you also know him from uh, Die Hard and Die Hard 2, because, yes, he does show up in Die Hard 2, and it's fucking great. Uh, He's also in Ghostbusters, which is also wonderful. Um, He's also on uh, Invincible (laughs) as Principal Winslow. Like, I heard his voice, I was like, oh my god, that original, like, it's such a, it's such a cool uh, fucking cameo. Um, And usually in a couple episodes, but... Um, but between that and people forget, he was on Heart of Dixie. He's great on Heart of Dixie. He's really great on there. But such a big fan of uh, of of Reginald Ven- uh, Val Johnson, and I love his arc in this movie so much because you gotta you gotta put, you gotta rewind and think to the fact that this was 1988, and the fact that the reason why uh, Sergeant Al Powell hasn't been using his gun is because he accidentally shot a kid because he thought he had a gun on him. The fact that's a plot line in 1988 and that's acknowledged is insane to me. And really progressive when you think about it, because considering that the Rodney King riots were right around the corner, to go ahead and actually paint a cop is making a mistake and having to try to atone for it. That's incredibly powerful. And I, I was really kind of taken back by that. Cause that's, that's one of those details. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's what, okay. And I, I just, I love that detail. Um, <laughs> it's also very, it, it, it's funny cause he's at the gas station. And he's getting uh, snack cakes, Twinkies, something like that. It's something to snack on, but he gets like several of them and and he makes a comment of you know these aren't all for me these are for my wife and the the cashier's like you know sure buddy she's pregnant huh yep whatever you say pal and definitely you know definitely some uh some some snark from the uh from the cashier but we end up finding out that yeah he actually has a wife at home who's about to give birth so it's it's pretty wild that um that while john is trying to save his marriage that Uh, sergeant owl he has his own shit that he's he's living for and i i really like the i really like the back and forth between uh, sergeant powell and mclean which i'll get to in a moment but getting back to uh, hans gruber the the thing about this movie that i do love that, that i really do compare to um a good day to die hard is the terrorist plan and the way that everything is so well laid out as far as the end game, as far as where they're trying to go. And as far as realizing that, oh, if we do do this, they're going to bring in the FBI. If they go ahead and cut the power for the building, this will actually open up the vault. Like the fact that they thought this far ahead, it's fucking brilliant. And so from, you know, the terrorist perspective, like, yeah, are they terrible pieces of shit? Absolutely. But are they very clever, very well-trained very smart pieces of shit. Yeah, they absolutely are. And the way that they go ahead and go about all that, as the film goes on, and again watching this with my partner for the first time, it was it was really funny for her to go, Wow, they're fucking brilliant. They thought this far ahead. And it's like, yeah, there there are reasons reasons why these protocols are in place, but when it's a protocol, people can figure out what these protocols are. And this is again, this is nineteen eighty eight. 2023. It's way easier because you can find fucking pretty much anything online these days. So it's re- so it adds to their credibility as far as how everything is played up. And I found it incredibly fascinating the way that their plan evolves. And as a as a viewer, <laughs> you're just sitting there going, "Man, why are these cops doing this shit?" Uh, it starts off with the fact that you know there are the there are the gunshots and everything. And so they send uh, Sergeant Powell to go ahead and uh, and check it out. But this is only after a, a fire alarm has been pulled, which the cops respond to but basically ignore. But then uh, John goes ahead and gets on a walkie-talkie and basically gets on a channel where he's able to go ahead and dispatch to 9 uh, to nine one one. which by the way the woman who is handling his transmission er, 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 is so goddamn rude and so dismissive that would cost you your fucking job considering what fucking goes down but she's so flippant about oh you know this is the holidays this is this line is only for, <laughs> this line is only for emergen- uh, emergencies, and I love how John is like. Does this sound like I'm ordering a fucking pizza? He's he's fucking mad, and he has every right to be as pissed off as he is because there is this level, obviously, of things being ramped up, and this level of uncertainty, and him just going, well, like I need help. Can you get me in touch with someone who can fucking help me? And. Her being so flippant and so eh about it does not put nearly the amount of emphasis or, um, you know, a little, little kick in the giddy up, as it were, doesn't put nearly as much uh, fear and as much uh, progression as there should be with this. So when uh, Sergeant Owl does show up and <laughs> and John very cleverly throws one of the terrorist bodies just out the fucking window and it crashes through Sergeant Powell's car through his windshield. That's when you go, Oh, okay. This is a very serious fucking situation. And the way that Sergeant Powell drives his car backwards, um, fucking, fucking impressive. Honestly, like, like I was actually quite impressed. And another thing about this movie that I really love is that there's blood. There's actual blood. Like, like he crashes his car. It's not, some you know it's not like he doesn't have a scratch on him he's actually banged up um maybe a concussion perhaps but i really like the way that there's actual damage to go along with the consequences in this film because that is a huge peeve of a uh, peeve of mine um i love avengers but it drives me nuts that hawkeye goes through that window after detaching after using that last arrow he has and probably separating his shoulder but he just goes through the window uh, no fucking cuts on his arm drives me nuts huge peeve of mine in films i fucking hate <laughs> when films do that shit so one thing that i uh that i was just talking about was the the violence the fact that there are actual consequences for the violence one thing i love and i mean love about this movie is uh and and uh, hans gruber actually references it pretty early on where he says you know are you are you just an American who's seen one too many cowboy, you know, one too many John Wayne films? And I, I, I love their back and forth because very similar to uh, the limo driver, there is this, I don't want to say respect, but there's, it's very much that irresistible force meets an immovable object between their wills where Hans is trying to go ahead and get what he feels like he is owed and John is trying to go ahead and protect the people in the tower because he's a cop and that's his natural instinct because he's a good cop it's such a fascinating you know tug of war between their ideals and between their will and the fact that hans starts off so calm cool collected clean ass fucking suits like that is one thing i do appreciate too and i and i haven't uh, shouted him out yet but uh clarence uh gilliard jr who plays uh theo who's the uh who's the computer guy who unfortunately passed last year uh rest in peace sir um you know him as uh, sundown from top gun uh you most likely know him as uh, james trevette from uh walker texas ranger which was on for 196 episodes that is fucking wild um but the fact that everyone is dressed to the nine like everyone's kind of dressed like you would see on an old school commercial flight like the 50s or 60s like people are dressed like they got somewhere to go and there's some style to all the to all the villains which i Which I actually really appreciate. I was like, that's, that's fucking cool. Like, take some, take some pride in your appearance. Go, you know, go ahead. I mean, you're pieces of shit, but, you know, go ahead and don't, don't kill people. (laughs) But the way that John really does just break Hans down and, and, and makes it, I don't want to say personal. Well, I mean, he does make it personal because he starts killing his men, but the fact that he, uh, the first guy he kills, and I, I, I don't have the terrorist names. Like, I know he has the list. I shoot me i didn't i didn't write him that but the first guy he kills he goes ahead and sends him back down this uh back down the um elevator uh with a santa hat drawn on that says now i have a machine gun ho 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 and it's that moment that hans realizes oh this fucker is fucking with me and he's an actual threat and it's it's so fascinating the way that they're that their rivalry goes ahead and uh breaks down and and i and i love the line that one the henchman throws uh where hans flat out goes you know we don't alter the plan we stick to it and the henchman retorts back what if he alters it for us and you just see for just a moment just a slight moment the doubt in hans go fuck what if he does uh alter the plan and 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 he just moves past it but you see that that's that little hint of doubt that little seed of doubt goes ahead and begins to bloom as more men get taken out and as as he goes ahead and starts doing more and more to go ahead and just chop down uh this empire that they're trying to go ahead and build uh build it's fucking fascinating uh one thing that i also just laughed uh, that i laughed really hard at is you know it's 1988 of course but gas being 78 cents a gallon in california uh, we would we we'd love to have that now wouldn't we? <laughs> like holy shit but um uh, i i'm blanking on the guy's name i think it's like thomas or something like that but uh, there is this one guy who works at the plaza who is trying so hard to to, to fuck holly and she is rightfully so not having any of it one of her friends even goes like oh you know he's got his eye on you and she goes yeah I have I have an eye on his uh like on his corner office like he only wants his office rightfully so the guy's a fucking scumbag but one of the scenes that really does hit really hard for me and, and it it really speaks to the fact that there are levels to everything because This guy is like, hey, you know, like, I know this guy, I know John is, you know, he's fucking with your money, you can't have that, would you, you know, let me, let me talk to him, I can get him for you, you know, I'm a swindler, I'm a, I'm a wise guy, I'm, you know, all that, you know, high, all that macho, I know better than you bullshit that he's trying to spin, and, you know, very, very much a silver tongue on this guy. But the problem is he thinks that he's smart enough to outwit Hans, which he's not at all. And this is where for me, I would say, I think John becomes more of a three-dimensional character because again, he is a cop. He wants to, you know, do what's right, save people. But even this guy who's being a total piece of shit, a man that hits on his wife in front of him. He's still trying to save this guy. And he even tells Hans, like, dude, don't, like, don't do anything to him. He doesn't know me. Uh, you know, we're barely acquaintances. Like, don't, you know, don't hurt him. And this motherfucker will not take the goddamn hint. And he just keeps pushing, like, ah, oh, no, Hans and I, were, you know, no, John and I are buddies, Hans, like, and, and so when you don't see the death, and I actually think that's more effective, the fact that Hans just shoots him. And John has to hear the, the the gunshot over the over the radio. It, it like it sometimes, and I think for horror, this works really well. You don't always want to show the creature or the ghost or whatever. Your imagination sometimes will just fill in the blanks. And so I love the fact we don't see his death on camera. And it's one of those things I went, oh, this actually makes it more uh, more effective. Furthermore, with all this going on inside, you have the dick measuring contest going on on the outside because um, the the cops show up. Um, Sergeant Powell is immediately basically pushed aside by uh, Paul Gleason. Um, rest rest in peace, sir. Um, he uh, you, you know him of course from Trading Places and Breakfast Club, most likely. Um, he's also great in Not Another team Movie, uh, reprising his role as uh, Richard uh, Vernon, which was such a cool fucking cameo. But he shows up as that, you know, I'm in charge guy. Everyone needs to go ahead and get in line. And, and there's a point where John just loses his shit. And he's just like, dude, I don't want to talk to you. Shut the fuck up. You're not in charge. Let me talk to, the, uh, to Sergeant Powell. And it's such a... So first off his ego immediately takes over because he's like nope it's my walkie-talkie fuck you but i love that scene because it shows that john is is very clearly in dire straits and he's also fucking stressing he's like this is a tense fucking situation it's the last thing that i prepared for so stop being an asshole and let me try to you know try to figure this fucking out it's it's such a cool uh subplot that's added on that just raises the tension Um, it was really funny when I was, we, uh, when my partner and I watching this yesterday, um, of course you see John trying to get ready for the party and that's when the shooting starts. So he doesn't have shoes on and she was kind of making the point of, wait, he doesn't have shoes on. And they even make the point of showing him kill one of the terrorists, try to put their shoes on and his, the, the shoes are too narrow. Uh, and of course I was, as she sees later on you know where hans and henchmen shoot the glass and john has to walk on all that glass and then go to the bathroom and you know try to pull the glass out of his foot and that's when we get the reveal of what happened with uh, sergeant powell um i love that extra tidbit because it does just it adds to the fact that you don't know what the fuck could happen like there, it's just an, a huge ball of uncertainty that you're dealing with and John is just being thrown these curveballs and he's doing the best he can to go ahead and try to navigate everything but not having shoes and stepping on glass not only is that causing you fucking pain but that's also giving away and leaving literal footprints as to where you are which also puts you in danger um there uh the sequence of the roof being blown up still holds up so well um for you know, for almost uh, 40 years later, which is fucking nuts that we're heading up on the 40 year anniversary of fucking Die Hard. But that sequence, when he jumps off the roof using the uh, using the hose, um, a great tension. The fact that the FBI were about to shoot his ass, you know, great job, FBI. The fact he jumps off the roof, avoids getting shot, then has to uh, to parlay town shoot out the window and then swing into the office building again but then oh shit the the hose is still tied around his waist so now that's acting as a weight so he has to get that off like it's it's such a great couple minutes of just fucking tension that rules and it leads to such a perfect third act where of course you know um i think most y'all know but i'll just say it here where John goes ahead and kills uh kills Hans that um that uh Alan Rickman was supposed to actually let go on uh they're gonna go one, two, three, and then drop Alan Rickman, but they drop him on two, so that look on his face where he's like, Oh shit, that's that's genuine. That's a genuine reaction. I mean, as someone who hates heights, is that fucked up? Yeah, you told him you're gonna go on three. I mean, do I think that he could have gotten that reaction still? Yeah, because he's Alan fucking Rickman, but it does add to the authenticity of it that you let him go on too, so he looked even more terrified. So, little calm A, little calm B. But, um, getting in my final thoughts here. Um, Die Hard A, it's a Christmas movie. Fuck you if you say it's not. But, but B. Uh, it's a classic, and it's one of those movies that, as I was sitting there rewatching it yesterday, it's like I, I only took like four or five notes on it because there was just a point I was sitting there watching it, going, "Man, this kicks ass!" And it's just it still kicks ass all, all these years later. If for some reason you haven't seen Die Hard, it is well worth the. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can, sure you can fi- buy the 4K for like ten bucks uh right now at this point. I'm sure it's on sale through like Prime Video or or something, but definitely buy this if you if you haven't because it rules and it's it's wonderful and it's one of those things where uh oh yeah it's 12 bucks it's 12.99 on on amazon right now 4k so yeah buy buy that shit if you haven't watched it buy that shit and um yeah like seriously buy it it's wonderful it rules uh but um fan-fucking-tastic like i i really do not have complaint about this and the redemption that sergeant powell gets at the end is just like the wonderful Mwah, cherry uh, cherry on top um such a cool fucking movie and, and something that um oh yeah and they didn't even mention that argyle fucking uh fucking does his part and stops theo from getting away later on in the film like it's it's so well crafted and while I understand that, you know, 2, 3, and 4 aren't as great as this, they're much closer than I think people uh, give it credit for. But this was an absolute joy to rewatch. I, yeah, long live Die Hard. Fucking great movie. Fucking great holiday movie, might I add. But Die Hard, what's your favorite of the, I mean, I'm sure you're going to all say Die Hard but you know, rank the rank the Die Hard movies for me. That that's what I'll ask. I I mean myself, I'd probably go. You know, what? I haven't seen them in a while, but just off of memory, I'd probably go one. I'd probably go one, three, two, four, and then you know five, obviously. But again, I adore the first four, regardless. So. Uh, but yeah people uh rank the diehards let's 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 hear your list i I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to get that but um yeah wherever you listen to the podcast check us out please like share subscribe it definitely helps us out uh please rate the show it really helps uh, with the algorithm uh you can go ahead and find us on soundcloud Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts, name a few at the Real Pineapple. Uh follow us on YouTube. Uh you can find us on YouTube at the Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L Pineapple. Uh you can go ahead and uh follow me on Blue Sky at realpineapple.bsky.social. Sky dot social. Uh uh got a question for the show. Uh Want to just say hi? Got a review request? Shoot me an email at jhunter at therealpineapple.com. Follow me on TikTok at jhunterrealpineapple. Follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And you can follow me on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Uh, follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. I'm going to be streaming here in the next couple weeks. I will keep you all updated on that. But then uh, for all of our links, you can find us on linktr.ee slash jhunterrealpineapple. Uh, thank you so much for listening, y'all. We're going to have more holiday reviews coming up, and we're going to be getting to our uh, Oscar season uh, bag here. I'm going to have reviews up for stuff like uh, Ferrari coming up. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, God. What, what else do I have? Uh, American Fiction coming up. Um quite a few reviews coming up for y'all so uh stay tuned uh subscribe everywhere so you know when that new stuff is dropping I've new- other holiday reviews as well uh for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special as well as best christmas ever uh national lampoon's christmas vacation along with some other stuff uh as we head through the end of december and into the new year but everyone thank you so much for listening stay safe out there take care of each other Don't forget to get your COVID booster if you haven't yet. Don't forget to get your flu shot if you haven't yet. It's uh, real cold out there. I want you all to stay safe. But never forget, as always, to keep it real.